This episode of Star Trek The Next Conversation is brought to you by the Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum and Auditorium at Hollywood and Highland, the crossroads of entertainment. Are you coming to L.A.? Anytime soon. Are you looking for something to do that might be a little air-conditioned? Are you looking for something to do that might be fun for the whole family? Are you looking for something to do that you can choose to believe or not? Well, have I got a place for you. It's the Ripley's Believe It or Not Auditorium and Museum at Hollywood and Highland. Fun for the whole family. You know what? Guess what? We'll give you a deal. You head over there after 5.30 p.m. and you say, Hey, guys, I heard about you on Star Trek The Next Conversation. They will let you... Buy one and get one free. That's a BOGO entry. All you got to do is mention STTNC, two people for $20 after 5 p.m. What more could you want? You go try going to see a movie for, for less than that. You can't. And you know what? Movies are fake anyway. At least Ripley's has some real stuff that you can believe or not. It's up to you. Whatever. Tell them Matt and Andy sent you. Here's the show. Podcast, The Final Frontier. These are the conversations of the friendship Matt Myra and Andrew Secunda. Their continuing mission. To seek out old adventures with contrived civilizations. To boldly watch episodes that one of them has watched before. Hey everybody, welcome to Star Trek, the next conversation, the number one podcast for Star Trek that comes out when we can do it. I'm Matt. I'm Andy. Uh, good to hear our voices, I bet. I'm just putting a lot of thoughts on you guys. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe they hate it. Oh, hang on. Like, Ugh, this chore. Hang on one second, Andy. What's happening? <sighs> Problem solved. Yeah, did, what did you change? It felt like I had you just to, put a shield up from space. I did. We had a channel that was open that I had nothing plugged into. I was like, why are we wasting that valuable real estate when we need to just have zeros and ones representing our voices? <laughs> so poetic. You know? Um, good to be back. Good to uh, f- close out this unification story. I know you guys are all on the edge of your seats. What's Spock going to do once he shows up? Well, we're going to find out today. We sure are. Andy, and I, I got to ask, uh, what's uh, what's next? You know who asked? Molly, Molly Hockey. Do you know Molly? Yes. Okay. She asked Big. yesterday. Okay. I said we're five five seasons and some change. Okay. We're, we're like midway through the fifth season. Right. Uh, and then she was like, well, would I listen to that? I don't know Star Trek. <laughs> and I was like, well... Andy had never seen it either. And then she was like, huh, does he like it? Uh-huh. And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like the big drum roll when we get to All Good Things, season seven, episode 24, yeah. is going to be the big question. You're going to get a drum roll, yeah. and it's going to be, Andy, did you like Star Trek The Next Generation? <laughs> All right, great. So don't tell us until then. I look forward to it. That's gonna It's, it's going to be difficult for me to fit that into a two and a half second spot. I mean, uh, oh, you've, so you have a lot of conflicting feelings about your time. Well, I just might have a very... It's funny. I was just like, 
Unclear. <laughs> <I think laughs> the strength or the weakness of the podcast is how long-winded both of us are. Sure. But let's see the other side of Matt right now. Matt, would you have them watch this episode? Yeah, man. It's Fox in it. <laughs> did that it. Felt, that felt good. He did it. Um, yeah. A lot of good... Uh, a lot of good Spock fan service in this one. It's really satisfying. You know, I feel like every time you bring in one of these uh, old guards to a new guard show, uh, it's a treat. It's a treat. And I think they're aware of that and they, they try to write to it, you know? It is, but the McCoy one was it was, well, that was nice. Quick. That was quick. You know, that was they a, pro- Also, they were probably a little bit more defensive at that point. But yeah, they wanted to, oh, he's got to stay on his own. Yeah. No one, like, no one dislikes each other here. McCoy lied, dislikes too many people. <laughs> that was, that was people my, don't want to watch that. That's not what the future is. That was my bad Gene Roddenberry. <laughs> is, is that what he even sounds like? I have no perception no. in my head of what he sounds like. The great Ironically, the I know more what Maurice Sorry. Hurley sounds like great, than I do Gene Roddenberry. The great cuckoo bird of the galaxy. <laughs> the great cuckoo bird of the galaxy. Hey, nobody, nobody doesn't like each other. How do you figure out who did the crime? <laughs> <laughs> what are you saying? There's no crime? <laughs> no crime in the How are you going to solve a problem? <laughs> no clues? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That poor guy. Late great. Maurice Hurley. Um, no, I'm flummoxed. Oh, uh, Admiral's Club. Yeah. Oh. Unless you want to chit chat. I forgot more. how that worked. So. Wanted to break into books. Asked for the job. The hitch was that I had 30 this days is, to I've do it. I've somehow turned on she my said, Kindle yes. reading the September book. September 1991 was a month nice. I'll never forget. I was writing part one. I was writing the novel. I don't know how to It talk. was like an endless finals it. week. The book of what? Oh my god. That was uh, Larry Nemechek. That was the, oh. the little discussion about uh, Unification Part 1 accidentally played right there. It seemed like it was someone speaking in the first person about their experience. It was a quote. Oh, I see. Uh, I believe by Jerry Taylor about writing the uh, teleplay there for that. Um, so. so we all know that Matt has no no change to the voice, no making it English, no like. Uh, although, wouldn't that be a it would be a female voice? You change it to a male voice. That is a that was a Kindle. That's, the Kindle that's choice Kindle's has nothing thing, to do with the you. Kindle app. Which I, by the way, I did not even know that the Kindle app still did that. Yeah. Um, because I used to on my uh, my first Kindle, Andy. Yeah, I used to turn that on a lot and let it read to me, and I would close my eyes and I would listen to the robot voice read, and it was great. And I feel and you like you found that calming. I didn't find it calming. I just found it like uh, quick it's and just e- easy to listen to and observe, and I could just like fall asleep to it. But I feel I felt like, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, anybody out there who has a current Kindle, uh, I feel like Amazon took that feature away. Uh, because they have Audible. They don't want people listening to a robot read when you can buy an Audible book. Oh, so smart. Yeah. So true. Yeah. Uh, Matt, why don't you listen to, uh, I don't know, some kind of a self-hypnosis dealie or a meditative dealie when you go to sleep? Uh, I do. Oh, you do? Sometimes, yeah. I mean, this is like, I'm talking like, this is over 10 years ago. What do you, what are the things you try and program your brain to do? I listen to, my favorite uh, of sleep meditation of all is uh, on the app Simple Habit and it is uh, uh, You're the best, Matt. <laughs> no, it's a calming, I think it's a stress-free sleep, something like that. Oh, it's nice. great. It's great. I've, I've only heard the end of it once. 
in my entire oh, time. That's impressive. To it. So that's what you want in a in yeah. a in a sleep meditation, Andy. That must have been a rough night <laughs> that you heard the heard the end of it. It was. It was. And thus, you are now relaxed. Good night. It was. <laughs> I try to remember the scenario. It was definitely recently. It was probably three weeks ago, uh-huh. and it was. I, I'm thinking it was like after a very late work night. Yeah, um, that uh, I, I put it on, and I, th- I feel like it was like three o'clock in the morning. Um, anyway, never worked. I, let's just go to the Admirals Club. I'm sorry, Andy. All right. Sounds is really slow for some reason. <laughs> Matt, how do they get into the Admiral's That was slow. Do you think that we're in a simulation and some little alien boy is trying to make us think we're on the Enterprise in the future? I think they were adults. Oh, wait. Are you referring referring to something else? I'm referring to the... the Binars. I'm I'm referring to the episode uh, where Riker, Future Imperfect. Oh, yeah. That was another one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember the computer's having all these problems and Jordy's like, hey, you're still running a level two diagnostic? That wouldn't take you more than three hours. Matt, in that episode, do you think that they got to the point where it was the kid and it was the costume and they were like, Let's wrap oh, this man. up. Let's wrap this up. <laughs> what did we do? What do we do? We don't have any time. Do we reshoot this? I think they probably were like, <laughs> it'll be on screen for a minute. That's fine. I gotcha. No one will analyze this in the future in audio form for hours on end. We'll be fine. <laughs> anyway, what's happening in the Admirals Club, Andy? Oh, by the way, you, you get in by leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Um, awesome, Myra, and also Secunda. Uh, this podcast is awesome. Matt is a huge repository of Star Trek knowledge to rival Memory Alpha itself. Andy is also on the show and has a great personality. How excited were you, by the way, speaking of Memory Alpha, that they were meeting at Galorndon Core in this episode? Oh, my goodness. I was like, hey, it's <laughs> our old friend Galorndon Core. <laughs> I was shocked. <laughs> I was delighted. That, that lends even more credence to your theory that, that uh, the thing in Disco should have been at Kalorndon Core. Oh, totally. It should have been. <laughs> they really kept going back to it. I loved it. Although, wasn't Kalorndon Core, they really make a big deal of it, wasn't Kalorndon Core like just a wasteland planet? Well, it was like, that was like, wasn't that the biggest battle? Wasn't that like the biggest battle laid waste to that place or something like that? They were kind of talking about it like stuff was still there. Again, there's not enough information because they haven't really delved back into it. But I was excited to hear hear the Galorian Corps mentioned. Well, I'm sure if we look up on Memory Alpha, it'll mention those two episodes. And that'll be it. And it'll be written (laughs) in a sentence as though... That was the Galorian Corps was also the place where the Enterprise awaited the response from Captain Picard while trying to find the vault, stolen Vulcan ship during the reunification of Katox. So it, you that is a pretty good off the cuff uh, memory alpha entry. Sure. Well, you know, it was in that last Admirals Club entry. You know, yeah. I am memory alpha. Andy is also on the show as a great personality. Nah, kidding. Matt is the brains of the podcast, while Andy is the heart. Yes, that's true. You want to be the heart. That's Ray Stance, the heart of the Ghostbusters. Um, that's Dan Aykroyd, right? Yeah, yeah. Isn't he also smart, though? <laughs> yeah, but that's Egon. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess that's true. That's fair. He was the Spock. Uh, keep up the good work, guys. Greetings and salutations for oh, from and this is from Brisbane, Australia. Oh, I but, thought he was going to be from Galorndon Corps. No, <laughs> but it, this was this was sent to us directly, and it was not uh, sent to us directly because we can't access reviews in other parts of the regions. Yeah, so if you're in an, another country and you rate us highly, uh, send the image of the review 
and and, uh, and you'll be welcomed with open arms. Who's uh, any other admirals this week, Andrew? No, I kept it uh, kept it uh, easy breezy, breezy, beautiful. Let's Co- head into the color cover girl, color girl, cover girl, cover. What are you talking? about? I said easy be- breezy, beautiful. <laughs> oh, I see. And then I was like, what was that cover girl? That's, that's our that is. that's our new sponsor. Thanks. Screw you, Ripley's. Just kidding. We love you, Ripley's. You need a slogan though. How about believe it or not? I did it. (laughs) You got it in. All right, it's President Circle. You can be a member. Just head over to Patreon and join that Patreon. Support the podcast and help us get enough motivation to make new shows. All you have to do is head over to patreon.com forward slash Star Trek TNC and become a member of the President's Circle. Once you're in, all you got to do is send us a message and you will be eligible for the Christopher Pike Medal of Valor Award. It's prestigious. You want it. We want to give it to you. Andy, who is receiving that medal today? Today, our recipients are, in this order, uh, Anthony, Lieutenant Anthony Trey he, gave, he wrote it phonetically. What does it mean when there's an E with a line over it? What does long, that do to the long E? Long E sound, yeah. So, pay. Like a Steve. Tra- Here, I'll give it to you. How would you say this? Oh, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to take a look. Trepiccione. Trepiccione. Anthony Trepiccione. Look, a, I was going to make fun of Andy, but it was a very long phonetic spelling. He was right. Uh, as, a, as sophisticated Hollywood insiders, if Tarantino does, in fact, make a Star Trek motion picture, what what's y'all's prediction for his soundtrack selection? Can he fit his usual flair of personal faves into a Star Trek narrative and blend it as masterfully as his other work? Thanks for all you guys do as a lieutenant admiral stationed inside the president's circle and charged with keeping the rear, <laughs> rear burners on the buffet line in working order, I'd like to give lower deckers praise when warranted. Uh, genuinely yours, Lieutenant Admiral Anthony J. Trepeccioni. 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 Uh, well, thank you, Lieutenant. And, uh, you know, it's Tarantino. I don't feel like it would be uh, hard for him to make it work. But uh, on the other hand, they do cram uh, that Beastie Boys uh, thing into the recent Star Trek Look, sabotage. I and think the sabotage. Kind of. I should have hated it in the. I hated it in 2009's Trek, and I should have hated it in Star Trek uh, Beyond. But I fucking loved it. He it did. was diegetic, and it made sense. And uh, it was a great scene. Interestingly, I feel a little bit the reverse. I feel like the one in Beyond was a little bit inorganic, and the one in the original, I was like, "All right, this is a new track. I'll give, I'll let him." I'll let but him at do least this. in Beyond, they uh, set it up. That's fair. Like they were like, "Oh, this this person has been living on this ship and has found the music files, yeah, that are in the ship's core, and she likes the the ones that have a heavy bass, right?" And then they had that uh, standing by. That's fair. I will say this, uh, as a connoisseur of Tarantino, I feel like Tarantino um, is is someone of taste and obsessed with the you know with with all of all of these stories and everything. And I think he's going to be like, no, that's not how you do a Star Trek movie. 
you stay within the Star Trek universe. So I don't think he's going to be like, he'll make it a, a Tarantino thing, I'm sure, in terms of characterization and violence and everything. But I don't think he's going to kind of do like 70s He's songs. been talking about it for a while. I want to do that. Um, but although he also has, has stated that he's retiring, which I don't know why he would do that. Why Why do they do that? Why not? Why do you state that you're retiring? Just to get the... Just oh, why get do you the, state that you're retiring? The, the, That's a good question. get the journalists off your back for a little while? At like, what's the... Why do they do it? Do They're not going to do it. Steven Soderbergh's not going to stop making movies. Yeah, 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 it's a good uh, good point. It's who they are. Well, it's like Redford, too, right? Walking away from acting, and then he pops up in Endgame. Right. It's like, all right. I had to come back for this. <laughs> yeah, I just think, I think you, I think you sort of just, uh, to Andy's point, it's an interesting, I haven't, I've never thought about that. Why say you're retiring? I'm curious. You don't have to. It's not anyway. like, it's not like you are now qualified for a pension once you say you're retiring, Quentin Tarantino. You're just, yeah, you <laughs> just, just enjoy your money and, uh, you know, make something when you feel like making it. Is it kind of like, is it kind of like, ah, I don't know if I can make it to the party. I'll see if I can make it to the party. And then showing up late to the party, it's like, he's here! Yeah, it's probably one of those. <laughs> no one's ever done that for me, by the way. Um, our second Christopher Pike Medal of Valor uh, recipient is uh, Lieutenant Keith Boydela. You didn't give me phonetic spelling, so <laughs> I'm doing the best I can. You probably have in the past, in fairness to you, Lieutenant Boydela. Boydela? Andy. Boy, I, I think you just just good. You, you've just pronounced it four ways. Yep. One of them could be right. Badela. There we go. Five ways. Reflecting on unification. I'll take, I'll take my Badela five ways. <laughs> Reflecting on unification part one and Matt's comment about lack of pictures from the Romulan Empire. Even with today's connected world, it's not that surprising. The Romulan Empire could be compared to modern day China or North Korea, where despite technologies, the government carefully monitors intelligence. Uh, internet access and what the outside world parentheses galaxy knows of them mm. yeah i mean look there there are explanations uh some of them i might find a little hard to believe but uh i accept i accept your explanation sir and uh that's it for the president circle godspeed to all of you beautiful people in here um, and do you want to go out directly into the corridor or back into the yeah, Atlas Club? Let's uh, hit the corridor. All right. I feel like we should, we rarely use the door for the corridor. Let's just head right back out the other side. Such a big door. And that was the President's Club. Let me just go to the panel over here. Beep, beep, beep. Captain, Captain we are being hailed. The hail bag is open. Um... Here's uh, our first hail. Andy, you got to stop with this panel. It's I just like pressing just, buttons. I mean, there's I like so many. See, yeah. So I don't many. know what most of these do. What's the most you think you could do on, on a side Oh, oh that was not good. <laughs> ah. I ejected lunch into space. Andy, yeah. if this, this is from uh, Theo. I answered like my name was Andy. All of a sudden, I was like, yeah. <laughs> We've become one. Uh, this is from Theo Zatezalo. Uh huh. I wonder what kind of name that is. It's really interesting. Um, Theo would suggest maybe Greek. Who knows? Yeah, Andy, I was, I was thinking something like um, like the Zildjian symbol people. I don't know what that is. It's like Syrian. Oh, is it? Andy, if the Zakdor or not, I don't know. Someone will tell me when I'm wrong. It's fine. If the Zakdorn are such master strategists, why is Dude in Unification Part 1 managing a garbage dump? Dig the show. Theo Zatezalo. 
I think they take pride in every job as long as it's being done efficiency, efficiently and perfectly. I think they're a little bit arrogant in every job that they do, much like many people you meet in life. Yeah. And as a result, I think he does not, he's not, I don't think he's looked down upon. I think yeah. he loves, he, as Troy says, he's the king of his uh, fiefdom. That's true. I guess we can assume from how he reacts to the ship being gone that he uh, that he usually does a good job. Mm. Uh, this is uh, a hail from a Russian listener. Um, and uh, he says, hello, Andy and Matt. My name is Sergey. I am one of... Unfortunately, a very small number of listeners of Star Trek The Next Conversation from the Russian Federation. <laughs> um, uh, is that, does, does he, he know that from tell, the map, I, can, I, I wonder? Can, There's no, a map he, he in our have, face group. Does oh, oh, maybe. I can find out. Can you? Exactly how many. Hang on. Oh, this will be fascinating. <laughs> Just like is Spock it says. Sergey or Sergey? Uh, Sergey. Sergey? No, Sergey. Come on, Sergei. man. We have a Sergey on the show. I think it's my character. <laughs> You don't know when that $180 check comes, how to pronounce it? No, you got to track it. <laughs> um, anyway, I'll keep reading while you're looking. Go ahead. Um, a longtime Star Wars fan, last year I finally decided to give Star Trek a try and couldn't be happier. I vaguely remember watching a scene from Star Trek Nemesis on TV some 15 years ago, and since then I've been haunted by the image of Captain Picard laughing maniacally while driving a dune buggy. It's <laughs> a nemesis. <laughs> now, each episode of TNJ I watch is invaluable to me because even if an episode is of mediocre quality, I can still enjoy hours of podcasts. Thank you for taking your time to record and upload the podcasts. And then he writes in Russian, uh, in the characters of Russian, so I can't read it, live long and prosper, which is very interesting. Did you know the... Uh, the... Thank you, Sergey. Sergey, you did it, buddy. You made us uh, look up statistics that I haven't looked at in a long time. Um, keep talking, Andy, while I try to f- drill down here. Okay, I'm going to go on to a, uh, uh, the face group, which we haven't heard from in a while. Who photoshopped Matt with Data's cat? And who put Andy's face on that? Just take a look. It's on Facebook. It's in our face group. Kind of missed that jingle. <laughs> I can bring it back. Um, this is just opening up because uh, our old friend Josh Juice Monroe uh, wrote to uh, let us know that the face group Inktober is starting again. Uh, our face group, uh, just look for it on Facebook. It's Star Trek The Next Conversation. I don't know how to get there, but there's uh, delightful people in there. A lot of support and uh, people to chat with uh, our increasingly decreasing episodes. Um, hey, Andy, and possibly Matt, last October... Uh, we did Inktober in the face group. Inktober is a daily drawing or sketching prompt during the month of October. But for the face group, we made it all Trek-related images. There's a tag for them in the group if you want to see last year's submissions. Hoping to uh, get more people involved this year. Josh Jewish Monroe. So there you go. Go over there if you want to discuss the episodes. If you want to say hello to the n- lovely people. Um, go to the face group. Uh, we call it the face group because I accidentally called it that once. This is the end of the Facebook section For Star Trek, the next conversation I thought I should bring it to your attention Oh, now back to the rest of the programmation He might be the only It's interesting because we put one episode out last month On the regular feed I can literally tell you the exact number in every This is Sergey Country Sergey, look, here's the deal, buddy you are, <laughs> Is he literally you are, alone you are in all of Russia? seemingly alone Wow 
Um, I'd like. We gotta up our <laughs> hey, our Russian hey, listenership. Hey Iceland, there's forty of you. Get together. Yeah. Uh, Egypt, there's thirty nine rocking in. Afghanistan, we got thirty six. We have thirty six in Afghanistan. Yep. yep oh yep. wait, those must be. They could be Kenya. We have seventeen. Chile, seventeen. Qatar. Those must 16. be people in the service, right? Bulgaria, the Philippines. Do you think that there are local Afghanistanians that are in this state? I think there could be. Romania. There are. Please write us in to STTNC. I'm now going to read it everywhere that has one listener. Okay. So if you're listening to this, you're going to know that this is you. Ready? This is going to make them sad. <laughs> Bermuda. Wow. Nepal. Have us to visit Bermuda. Slovenia. Nepal. I'd love to know about Nepal. Uruguay. Uruguay. Indonesia. These. This is fascinating. The Cayman Islands. Uh-huh. Estonia. Cayman Islands. I want to visit there, too. Uh, Costa Rica. Costa Rica. The Bahamas. Th- these people are you living it up. A Bahaman, Bahaman listener. I hope you're well after the hurricane. And oh, uh, I wish a speedy recovery to the Bahamas. Uh, Macau. One. <laughs> Nicaragua. Romania. And Bosnia. I want to hear all of these stories <laughs> i want to hear what how you found the podcast what your deal is where you listen if there's anything interesting that is specific to your region also canada there's ten thousand of you get it together come on hang out together yeah all of you let's go up to canada you love canada i love canada sweden abandon your newborn S- child sweden there's 800 of you uh, I gotta go to Sweden. New Zealand, there's 292 of you. Uh, New Zealand clocking in with uh, almost three grand. Uh, when was the last time you saw an ugly Swedener? Uh, They're all beautiful. That's a good question, and I bet someone can pull an example for us. The Icelanders are pretty, uh, oh, the Icelandic people are pretty beautiful, very also. charming. Spent my honeymoon over there. And uh, funny, United States. You went to Iceland for your honeymoon? Yes, Iceland and London. Huh. Did you my, do a lot of my requirements stuff? were the following. Uh huh. I want to go somewhere where I have to wear a sweater, mm-hmm. and uh, and where they shot they one of the speak, worst Bond films. They speak a lot of English, <laughs> and yeah. uh, we wound up in uh, Iceland, Reykjavik, and um, uh, London. It was great. It was a great honeymoon. Interesting. Ten out of ten. Would recommend everyone. Let's go on that honeymoon again. <sighs> I wish you had time. I would love to do a whole thing. You, you wish we had time to go on a honeymoon because I do too. Well, I mean, our let's go on a honeymoon. <laughs> I'd be happy to go on a honeymoon. <laughs> uh, cool. That is that the hails. Uh, the, so I closed that. Yep. That means that we that. have to. I have to hit a button. Or no, something. wait. I gotta. I gotta close the hails myself. You have to. Oh, yeah. Closed, sir. All right, Andy, it is time to talk about Unification Part 2, which aired the week of November 11th, 1991. Mm-hmm. What was going on in the world November 11th, 1991, Andy? I'll tell you, Matt. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. U.S. radio audiences still preferred Cream by Prince, while U.K. listeners were still in love with Dizzy by Vic Reeves and the Wonder Stuff. <laughs> All right, now I'm just curious. You want to play Vic that? Vic Reeves and the Wonder Stuff. Is it? You think it's Keeping a song? It I'm so dizzy. No, it can't be right. I have no idea. I've heard neither the title nor the band name. Or if I have, I haven't. I haven't. Yes, it is that song. He's doing a lot of microphone clips in the video. It's a cover, and he's dressed like Austin Powers, pre-Austin Powers. 
Did Austin Powers steal this guy's outfit? No, this guy stole George Lazenby's outfit in um, Honor Majesty's Secret Service, which is what Austin Powers is wearing. Is that literally what he's stealing from? You think it's just that theme, that style? No, it's guaranteed George Lazenby. Oh, interesting. Um, that's pretty catchy. Well, it's a great song. It's a cover. But I have no memory of the song at all. Den of Bees by James B. Stewart was a bestseller, and John Hughes's final directorial effort, sad, Curly Sue, broke through to the top of the box office in its third week of release. Fox televises. Uh, the original song was Tommy Rowe. I think you might recognize it. Oh, yes. This one's much more familiar. It's so hard to talk to you with fellas. Susan Gay, isn't it? It's hard to get going around. This feels like this is this is prime Guardians of the Galaxy material. This, this uh, yeah, 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 it's a little earlier than I would think, you know, for them. I oh, I guess they're it's like 60s, 70s, they're more early 70s. 80s. Yeah, that's fair. Fox televises Michael Jackson's video for a song, Black and White. The oh, yeah, I remember that. Cast. I remember that. Uh, its controversial, violent ending was removed from future broadcasts. Don't remember that, but I trust you. What is... is it, which one? Which one is that? Which video is that? The black, the black and White, isn't it the one that starts with... Um, with uh, Macaulay Culkin and George Wendt. What? I have no memory of that. I thought so. This isn't the one in Egypt, uh, where he's dancing around for it? Eddie Murphy as the Pharaoh, isn't it? Not being funny. What a waste of Eddie Murphy. Stupid <laughs> Michael Jackson. <laughs> uh, I'm allowed to speak ill of that dead. Am I crazy about this whole? <laughs> The thing I was thinking about with George Wendt. Yeah, Macaulay Culkin. George Wendt. Oh, uh, right. yeah. But yeah, there's no Egypt in this. We'll wait till he gets to the video. Don't you to turn that thing off! It is too late! Clear ripoff of the but Dad, this is the best Twisted part. Sister video. You are wasting your time with this garbage. Now go to bed! Not a great edit. No. Okay. Oh well. Yes. Stop it, Matt. We're not allowed to enjoy this anymore. Look, I just want to see if we were right about the video. Oh, oh remember the morphing? Reading. Remember the morphing? That was like a big Real. deal back then. Creepy. That was a big, big deal. I know. I didn't like it. CG I didn't enjoy it even like, then. Oh. British YouTuber, and I always found it Didn't odd. realize that Andy would hate uh, morphing. I don't like morphing. Okay. Uh, what about when those Power Rangers turned into dinosaurs? Is that a thing? Are they the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers? I don't remember them doing that. I think they do. Huh. I think but, they do. Like an ongoing thing or a one episode thing? I don't know. I think it was an <laughs> ongoing thing. I mean, <laughs> if I had known they turned into dinosaurs, I think I would have tuned in more. I felt like they like the dinosaurs. <laughs> I thought they just get in the outfits and then, and then get and into then their, do their, the their vehicle. They get into their vehicle. 
They were like a Voltron thing, you know, that like turned. Are you thinking of a cartoon? No, no, no. no. I'm thinking of the Power Rangers. Now. Okay. I think. <laughs> uh, British YouTuber Emma Blackery was born. Descri- this is funny. Described as a thoughtful, funny, ferocious feminist, not afraid of having an opinion. Blackery's main YouTube channel has nearly 1.5 million subscribers. What an odd detail. I have to assume somebody sent that in to Matt Kirk. Or he's a fan. Possibly. Um, are you looking up them turning into dinosaurs? Guys, this is what you missed. Us never getting to Star Trek. <laughs> just so curious. One of them's playing a, a guitar. There's a lot of stuff going on there. Uh, all the Ranger morphs from season one, episode one through sixty. It's morphin' time. Oh, this is dumb. It's right in the title. Of course, they must turn into dinosaurs. Well, they turn into like whatever they are. I wonder why specifically they had to be dinosaurs to win. No, it wasn't that they... It was like Sabretooth Tiger, Pteranodon, Tyrannosaurus, whatever the fuck it was. I don't know. It was a crazy Japanese show that they decided to bring over to America. And then uh, they form a Megazord. Like, you know how Voltron got together and formed a giant robot? Sure. This is what they would do, right? So they'd have these robots that they'd all ride. And then they would they would morph they'd they'd connect. You gotta kind of hand it to Japanese television. They they like were just like it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it makes sense. This is what kids want to watch. Just give them dinosaurs fighting, lasers, robots. Just give them the things they want. It doesn't matter. Hey, nice stereo. Hey, nice stereo. That's a weird aside. That is a weird aside. There they are, right? And this then they. Is, wait they, a minute. This is 100% Voltron. How did they get away with this? Probably the same company. They're, they're creating a robot with tigers. It's, this is. Is you sure this is Voltron? I don't know. No, it's Power Rangers. Andy, you were like very busy confused. in New York when this was on, so don't worry about it. I didn't have a life. You, I was still watching Don't worry cartoons. about the fact that you missed it. <laughs> um, all right. Metroid 2 Return of Samus. I'm sorry if I'm saying that wrong. This was also not my era. Was released for Game Boy. It would be updated and released in 2017. Uh, Time Magazine's cover featured an illustration of a bespectacled... Oh, I tried to rush through it. Time Magazine's cover featured an illustration of a Ah, God damn that word. A bespectacled? (laughs) I'm going to do it. Hang on a second. Time Magazine's cover featured an illustration of a bespectacled man wearing headphones and holding a spyglass over a small pair of humans in his other hand. The caption read, Somebody's watching how business, government, and even folks next door are tracking your secrets. Well, there you go. Uh, There's a guy at work, the, an IT guy, who always poo-poos my concerns about like well, Andy, people on. looking at at the things but isn't it built into every corporate structure that they're just looking at everything that you have on their office computers well I, you know I think there's certain sites that are more malware than others that they, they block IP wise no no I mean in terms of just intelligence that they can look at your emails they can look at everything um well I mean I don't know if you remember that big old hack and everybody's email got that was an outside like threatening force though I feel like even internally you think they have the manpower and the time to be doing that no, at, that's, our, at, our, that's, at our studio that's the only thing that, that protects us <laughs> is the, the total disorganization yeah. of every system yeah. of authority um, yeah I think you're okay I, um, would, I would also agree with that poo-pooing Matt there's uh, there's another thing we have to check in on 
Oh yeah, we do. Before we uh, we get out of this segment, and uh, that is this. Frank Sinatra, oh. come on! Da, 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 da. It's time for that segment everybody hates. <laughs> for Frank Sinatra, come on! Fly me to the moon. Hey, Andy, in. what was going on with the chairman of the board? Well, during this week of November 11, 1991, Frank was. On the road between Philly and Toronto. The following night, he would sing at the Toronto Maple Leaf Garden to this, an audience. Was this part of the Diamond Jubilee tour? It doesn't specify. Oh, well. <laughs> but he was singing to 10,000 people. Frank was still still packing them in. <laughs> you never saw him, did you? With song no. And let me sing forevermore. You I remember when he died, I was watching Breakfast Time on FX, which was the... Remember when FX was the first living television network? Everything was live. Yeah. Tom Bergeron hosted Breakfast Time, and they had a puppet also. It was a good... It was a fun show. Interesting. And uh, that's what I was watching. Anyway, now it's time to talk about Unification Part 2, directed by Cliff Bowl, teleplay by Michael Piller. Story by Rick Berman and Michael Piller. Here we go. Having found Spock on Romulus, Picard must perform an uncomfortable task of telling the ambassador his father has died. The news, combined with Picard's attempt to fulfill his friend Sarek's request by telling Spock of his father's love, breaks the tension between the two. Spock then reveals he is indeed undertaking an unauthorized mission to pursue reunification of the Vulcan and Romulan peoples. While Data begins working to crack the Romulan's computer net... Picard confides to the ambassador that he mistrusts the Romulan. M- Romulans. Meanwhile, the trail of the missing Vulcan ship leads Riker to a Ferengi smuggler who finally admits the Romulans are involved. Number one, contacts Picard, who has met preconsul Nerol in person and still does not trust the Romulan intentions. Soon they find Spock has indeed double, been double-crossed. A proposed peace envoy of Vulcan ships is just deployed, staged by Commander Sela, Picard's Romulan nemesis in the Klingon Civil War. She and Nerol plan to send the stolen vessels filled with Romulan troops as a Trojan horse, a sneak attack, to conquer Vulcan. Sela captures Spock and the two uh, disguised Enterprise crew members but can't force the Vulcan to publicly endorse the phony mission. She then reveals that a hollow tape uh, has the ambassador doing just that. Left unguarded in her office, Spock and Data send a coded signal to Riker and use a hollow tape of their own to escape sealing the guards. When Riker intercepts a peace envoy, the Vulcan ships are destroyed by cloak escorts to remove any trace of the mission. Spock decides to stay on Romulus and work with the underground for real peace. At last, he bids his father goodbye by sharing Sarek's previous mind meld with Picard. There you have it. Uh, all right. Let's let's uh, finally get into some fucking Leonard Nimoy on this shizzle. From the Federation. I'm looking for Ambassador Spock. You have found him, Captain Picard. And now, the conclusion. Oh, we should always recap our previous episodes. What are you yeah. doing on Romulus? That was to have been my question of you, sir. It is no concern of Starfleet. On the contrary, it is very much He's Starfleet's very concern. Rude. You're in a position to compromise Which the one? security of the Federation. Picard. You may assure your superiors, Captain, that I am here on a personal That's mission. Spock. You got to be like, and I- what's up, Spock? It's true. I'm kidding. I don't think he's actually being rude. He is pretty confrontational with Spock, based on how. Well, I think he's got a little bit of respect that Sarek in him. Yeah. Well, that's what Spock keeps saying. Yeah, exactly. And he keeps denying it. 
Yeah. I, will advise, I feel like sir, you're on weak ground if you're saying, like, because, you know, anytime anyone says, you're being defensive, if, if like, the person you just mind meld with was super defensive, you really, you really lose your ground. <laughs> you sound like that guy that you uh, have half a brain of. Oh, yeah. That's not me. Sorry about that. That is not satisfactory. You cannot remain here, Captain Picard. And I will not return. This is my spot. <laughs> Ambassador, with great respect for all that you've achieved on behalf of the Federation, this sort of cowboy diplomacy will not easily be tolerated anymore. Cowboy diplomacy? If you wish to undertake a mission with obvious repercussions for the Federation, then you should discuss it with the Federation. I'm here as their representative. You'll have to discuss it with me. That is precisely what I had hoped to avoid. I hate you. I also have the responsibility of being the bearer of unhappy news. Sarek. That's nice. I like that he figures it out. Sarek is dead. I mean, he put that together faster than Troy would have. <laughs> You're sad about something. You've lost someone. Your shoe doesn't fit. You're, um, you're having a your itchy robe. <laughs> itchy robe. It's an itchy robe. Captain, I believe his robe is itchy. No, no. His father died. <laughs> someone has to go to the bathroom in the other room also. Work with me, Big Heart. Uh, I mean, how did how did this? Uh, it's interesting. You you've never seen this. How did the, how did this feel for you seeing uh, Spock and, and Picard together? I really think it felt organic. It was really, it's really satisfying because mm-hmm. I, I would think it would really be difficult. Also, I guess Nimoy was always was always a, a pretty controlled performance in the original series. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what I love is that he says censors a couple of times. So that's, yeah, I love that Leonard <laughs> Nimoy delivery of that word. <laughs> um, so like you could like, but you can see like Nimoy is, is, I mean, I don't, I don't want to besmirch anyone's, but like he's rising to the level of the Shakespearean subtlety of, of Patrick Stewart Whereas maybe the way you would have played Spock in the past against Shatner would have been uh, a different performance. I see what you're saying, but when was the last time you and watched I think it's written that Star way. Trek VI? Mm, been a while. This, um, this really feels like Spock in that movie, which was just in the tales of this, you know what I mean? He had just done that. So you think it's just he's, he's – that's where that character is at at that moment. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Or at least that's where – Leonard Nimoy's performance of that character is that fair? I know of your mind meld with my father. Yeah, the able to complete his last mission. It was an honor. He's a great man. He was a great representative of the Vulcan people and of the Federation. So is that him taken away him that he was a great here. man? He expressed his pride in you. Yeah, I think it's like uh, he wasn't your dad. Yeah, he was pretty good at what he, his job, though. <laughs> his love. Emotional disarray was a symptom of the illness from which he suffered. That is Those classic Spock. His heart. He shared them with me. I know. 
It's such Dark, a with no right there. It's like that writing wise. That's genius for Spock to parry this uh, this this direct thing. It's like I was inside his mind. Your father loved you. He doesn't want to fucking deal with it, and he has a totally logical take on it, which is he was crazy when you did that. Yeah, I I, I think it's all. I think this is all handled very nicely. I will say though, there's so much fucking story in this episode that yeah. it kind of. There's the well, at least on the A side, which is the the Vulcan reunification part, like the Spock part of the story. I feel like there's a lot of story in it. Yeah. I.e., like with all the moves that they make with Podek uh, and Sela, and then it just feels like there's not enough time, really. Yeah. I, I wish that this was like a three-parter. Well, I mean, certainly, and the more Spock, the better. Yeah. Picard. For some time now. I've been aware of a growing movement here of people who seek to learn the ideals of the Vulcan philosophy. They've been declared enemies of the state. But there are a few in the Romulan hierarchy, like Pardek, who are sympathetic. He asked me to come now because he believes it may be time to take the first step toward reunification. Reunification? That is soft focus. So many centuries. After so many yeah, fundamental think? differences have evolved between your peoples, it would seem unlikely to succeed. But I cannot ignore the potential rewards that a union Accident. between the two worlds would bring. Yeah. And it would shut up. What is this first step that Pardek suggests? There is a new proconsul in the Romulan Senate. He is young and idealistic. He has promised many reforms. Pardek believes that he may be receptive to discussing reunification. Why would you not bring something so important to the attention of your own people or the Federation? A personal decision, Captain. And then I believe now he will reference Star Trek VI. Perhaps you're aware of the small role I played in the Overture to Peace with the Klingons. History is aware of the role you played, Ambassador. Not entirely. It was I who committed Captain Kirk to that peace mission, and I who had to bear the responsibility for the consequences to him and to his crew. Quite simply, I am unwilling to risk anyone's life but my own on this occasion. So I ask that you respect my wishes and leave. Ambassador, your logic escapes me. If I didn't know better, I would say that your judgment is influenced by your emotions. Good eyebrow raise. You speak as my father would if he were here, Picard. I speak as a Starfleet officer, and I cannot ignore the risks to you. I was involved with cowboy diplomacy, as you describe it, long before you were born. Nevertheless, sir, I'm not prepared to leave until your affairs are complete. In your own way, you are as stubborn as another captain of the Enterprise I once knew. Decker, Matthew companies. Decker. <laughs> oh, oh, I thought. Oh, I think you were talking about that. Oh, oh, all right. Um, well, yeah. Okay. 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 <laughs> um. Uh, look, uh, we got the whole setup in that little thingamajiggy. We're off and running, and um. Then I, f- I feel like Data uh, sort of decides to change uh, on his own really quickly. And then I feel like, it, wasn't it like a whole surgical it procedure? Like, yeah, it seemed like Beverly was doing a whole bunch of stuff. Changing pigmentation of the skin. And then all of a sudden Data's like, ah, I got this. 
Yeah. I mean, I buy it for data, but like Picard going and removing his ears, it just feels like... I have a side overarching question about this episode. It seems like Spock is... Uh... <laughs> I'm motioning to the ceiling and I'm disorienting Matt. It's... Hiya, Dory. Dory wants to hear more, so she's closing the door. <laughs> um... Uh, should I close the other one? Uh, what are you fiddling with? Uh, what is happening? My headphone thing. I keep losing a channel on my headphones. and I just don't want my, a little annoying. my mellifluous tones to be interfered with. Oh, they don't hear any of this. So. Oh, okay. Um, Spock seems to be wandering around mm-hmm. the streets of this place. Yeah. Doesn't everybody know who weird, he is right? and or just well, be able to spot unless, him as a Vulcan? Uh, maybe they don't uh, share pictures with the, of the uh, heroes from oh, yeah. the outside. Going back Going to the, back to the uh, hail. Yeah. Um, nonetheless, he looks different, right? There, he's, he doesn't, he's clearly not a Romulan. Right. He doesn't have those uh, ridges. Not the ridges. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Not like a, like like a ruffles. A, a weird looking Romulan. Hmm, he could be like a mutated Romulan. Yeah. Right for a while longer. In addition, I require that guy's got no ridges. You need access some cosmetic surgery. Computer? For what purpose? I am going to attempt to penetrate the Romulan central information net. Don't bother. We've been trying for years. It's a I little detail. Been... I didn't notice. He's got a little. He's got a little mechanized thing to turn his chair. It's a Klingons. The Klingon, weirdly, the Klingon captains have a. It's, it's all really, mechanized. It's really cushy for a Klingon. <laughs> you would think they'd be like, I can turn my own job. Warrior turns his own chair. It's like, no. But a warrior also must be prepared for battle and cannot waste strength on such foolishness. <laughs> is that what it is? Sure. Uh, there we go. Okay. Skills that may allow me to succeed. I cannot reveal classified Klingon entry code to Starfleet. You know, I, I, someone was telling me that Stephen Root was just on Marin not long ago and was talking about how this Star Trek role really helped him because he, his background is Shakespearean acting, and yeah. as a Klingon, you, you're sort of acting Shakespearean anyway. Right. So he really enjoyed the role and uh, doing it. We received a hail to that effect, but yeah. I didn't read that particular one. Well, looks like we didn't need to. Your entry codes can easily be it. reconfigured after we depart. And Captain Picard has authorized me to share with you any information we obtain from the Romulan databanks. Hmm. Anything else? We will also need to communicate with the Enterprise in Sector 213. You do, and the Romulans will instantly know our coordinates. Using conventional means, that would be true. However, I suggest we piggyback our signal on Romulan subspace transmission. Piggyback? A human metaphor, pardon me. We would use a Romulan signal as a carrier for our own, thus disguising its origin. What is the universal translator translating that as? I feel like now, right now, they're talking English to each other. Oh, interesting. Yeah, because I don't think Data would have a problem speaking Klingon. Yeah. Well, what? That's another question. (laughs) Why doesn't he just shift into Klingon? These I don't people. know. I don't know. Well, I mean, that's a, that's a good question. That was that's always a matte worst. painting I'd want. That was the worst part of... Kronos? Uh, Is that what it's called? No, Romulus. Romulus. Oh, sorry. I would want the Romulus one. Well. Or Kronos. Okay, good, because that's the one I got you. It's at your house. It's 32 <gasps> feet long. Yay! <laughs> um... So yeah, to that point, I, th- I, did, I thought about that, Andy, about the fact that like Spock's just wandering around with his hood down, just chilling in Romulan establishments. 
Yeah. And no one's like, hey, uh, you know, the Federation of Vulcan Ambassadors, like, <laughs> just chilling in my soup place. Yeah. This really does feel like just a soup store. It really does. I choose the latter. I will be the first to cheer when a neutral zone is abolished. Cheering isn't really your thing, Picard. Will you? Is strong enough to I feel like he liked, uh, you know, uh, sport. Uh-huh. You know, because he was a marathon runner in, in the academy. Oh, is that true? I don't remember that. Or is yeah, that in the I future? We, I think they talked about it. Boothby? Or Boothby he mentioned. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the marathon part. Maybe that's later in the first uh, duty, which is a great episode. I believe that's this season. Entire Romulan political landscape. One can begin to reshape the landscape with a single flower tent. Two large rooms to spark. Here. Look what I brought you. This is my friend, Ditan. He's very curious about Vulcan. Hello, Ditan. Where did you get this? This is very old. Well, they read to us from it at the meetings. It tells the story of the Vulcan separation. Ditan. You should not bring that out here. You've been told many times. <laughs> He's brought it out I many just, times. Dayton he probably just likes to not show cool, it to people, You yeah. know, it's like when you get a guinea pig. You're like, yeah, check out my guinea pig. <laughs> um, Response to my arrival. Weirdly, I like. There's not a ton uh, to play. Four five two four five. Although this this bit with Warfay smuggler laughed at. Smooth Riker. This this scene is like bonkers. <laughs> Don't. Look at me, mister. What do you think? Seven different shades of them. How about some Andorian blue? It's a weird Moss Eisley scene. Sucks all. Never cared for it. It's also very, it's very reminiscent of the bar in Star Trek V. Remember? Yeah, I hated that. <laughs> that the dumbest thing ever. So, in your mind, only space bar is Maz Eisley's cantina. Uh, you That's know, the only acceptable space bar for you? I guess I feel like, and I think I've said this before, every time they step out of, you know, either the planets they're exploring or what, what you know, Federation-type type environments, and they're like, this is what it's like kind of on Earth. It's sort of, it's just like, what do you, it's, it's a weird, this isn't cheesy... at all what it's like on Earth. We see Earth. You'll see Earth a few times in, the, in TNG. I think probably more later. I think we've seen, that's what the Star Trek V one was Earth, right? That no. was, what was that? That was another the planet bar? like by Romulus. Are you sure? You're thinking of maybe the Star Trek Three Federation space uh, station? You're thinking of the face, maybe the space station? No, it's definitely Star Trek V. Star Trek V with the Romulan woman. The lady cattail lady at the on the pool table. I don't remember this part. I remember him talking to a dude at the bar and buying. Yeah, remember they're coming. They came in with horses. <laughs> I don't, okay. I don't remember so you obviously crappy. don't remember. I think I, I think you don't remember Star Trek. I bet bar. you if we play that scene, that some of the things that I'm remembering would be in there. Uh, good news. <laughs> I believe Star Trek Five is, is streaming right now. Okay. This is going to be hilarious because I don't. I have a vague memory of the cat lady, but. All right. So Andy thinks that he's remembering a bar on Earth. The Emperor requests. I have to see an Amazon. Oh, no. Why are you playing a trailer for this show? That's I can. Well, at least there's a skip button. 
let's see. I'll go to the later part where Kirk is in it. That's what I'm thinking of. Here we go. Ready? Yeah. What the F? Spock, hold your horse, Captain. I'm scanning. Hold your horse. No wonder. The hostages are being held in that structure. Galileo, this is Strike Team. Start your run. Horse probably rented to the production by Shatner. To remember, of course, this is directed by William Shatner. Now, at some point, Andy thought this was Earth. What? This isn't the bar. They're going in in a second. Well, you're showing me a fight scene. Well, I like they go in so quickly. I just didn't want to miss any of it. Was cat, there? There's the cat lady. Nah. Yeah, this isn't what I was thinking. Of. There's some weather. No, this is just a fight scene. I'm thinking of a scene where it's Kirk going into a bar and you're thinking of Star to... Trek Three. That's Star Trek Three. Yeah, you're thinking of Star Trek Three. All right, Search for Spock, and it's not a bar. It's on the. Uh, it's on uh, the space station. Okay. That is orbiting Earth. Okay. Uh, it's not a bunch of unsavory characters in there. No, it's a bunch right, of off-duty Starfleet officers. Thing. Uh, but I'll show it to you and see. Maybe hopefully this is exactly what you're thinking of, and then we can all rest rest easy. <laughs> this is a fascinating digression. Well, you know, it's what people tune into our show for, Andy. It's Some of them. It's like, <laughs> whoa, Kirk and Spock mind meld there. <laughs> I think you're thinking of. It's been a while since I've seen this. You don't have to believe. I'm not even sure that I do. By the way, Admiral's Club. Hey, it's the Admiral's Club! <laughs> I think this is what you're thinking uh, That's what it looks like. Logical. Got it. Uh, yeah, yeah this, this, is, this is probably mm-hmm. what I was thinking mm-hmm. of. Mm-hmm. Unless there was a... Planet. You guys, tell Welcome. me if there's another scene with a bar earlier in Star Trek V. A scene with a bar earlier in Star Trek Five? Yeah. There is, but Kirk's not in that scene. Who's in that scene? That no one from the main cast. Really? Yeah. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. <laughs> Whatever the case. Uh, but uh, what I'm saying to you is like that's Earth is not Earth is not like that. So it's not Earth. It's just I don't. This is a weird scene right here. This is basically what I'm talking about. They got some weird space vampire looking at uh, with with vampire. with smoky drinks. It's like a crappy, like like uh, then you are low gonna, budget. You are gonna version. hate Amazon. You're gonna hate uh, everything space. else. You're gonna hate Deep Space Nine because a lot of it takes place at Quark's bar. From the little I've seen of Deep Space Nine, it seems like it's woven into the the tone of Star Trek and that's my problem with these moments is it feels like it's like they're doing a crappy knockoff of Star Wars instead of but what I'm saying to you is what uh, what other space bars are you okay with you're telling me right now that the only space bar you're okay with is obviously the diner in Attack of the Clones (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know what I mean yeah 
So, is there any other? Are there any other space bars, Andy? I mean, I enjoyed Space Cheers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I'm trying to think of other space bars. I mean, there must be some in Guardians of the Galaxy that are okay. I mean, what about like? Uh, but even those must have a nod. To what about when they're like drinking in aliens? Uh, but that's not in a bar, right? But it's like a, yeah, but that's fine. Okay, but that's right. woven into the tone of aliens. What about Ten Forward? That's a bar. It. That's a space bar. That, but that's woven into the tone of the show. Yeah. It's, that's what Nasty. I'm saying. It should be like this. This feels completely like it's another crappy show. <laughs> yeah, but it's also like I don't know what else. And you it's insane, do, really. and it's kind of not funny, and it doesn't make any sense. Kind and, of not funny. It's all right. It's it's aggressively not funny. <laughs> So who are you looking for? Who says I'm looking for anybody? Your face, your uniform, in a place like this. Okay, I'm looking for you. You think this is dubbed oh, over this one? You voice? just made my day. Which one? I have to ask about your husband. <laughs> it hurts. Well, no, I don't, nice while it I don't know. I mean, maybe there's a little lady are happening, but I think that's Which her husband? Voice. The dead one, I'm afraid. Oh, you must be from the Enterprise. You destroyed his ship. He was into some bad business. He took the evidence with him. His one endearing quality. He always cleaned up after himself. And what do you want from me? I was hoping you might know his business partners. And why should I help you? To be honest, I can't think of a good reason. Well, you did kill my ex-husband. And that's not a bad start. So why don't you drop a few coins in the jar and I'll see what I remember. I don't carry money. So, well, you don't offer much, do you? The Federation's not allowed to, you know, offer things as bribes. Sure, I think he could have. He just doesn't have a wallet on his space pants. Well, he knew he was coming to try and get information. He could, yeah, yeah I think prepared. that's poorly. He's poorly prepared. Yeah. I think that... Uh, I can handle any situation with my charm. Any? Unless it requires money. <laughs> <laughs> Move over. Oh, here we oh, go. Oh, just what I need. Another set of hands. You know this one? 20th century Earth. Maybe I could teach you a lick or two. You buy it for $10 and get the rights to it for your student project. The worst blues ever also. So what do you say? Well, I mean, it's the first time they played together. You know, they just got to get to know each other. Feel each other out. Each other's vibe. Sort of like... <laughs> Come in. <laughs> aye, aye, aye. Ambassador Spock. I don't know that I ever would have let that much fucking shoe leather go so into the show. crazy. That was literally 10 seconds. Ready? One Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi, four Mississippi, Look five Mississippi, six Mississippi, seven Mississippi, eight. Ambassador Missi- Spock. That is insane. So crazy. That's an insane amount of fucking. That's crazy, Andy. I don't think I've ever seen that much in a in in a Star Trek episode. Very strange. I mean, sure, I've seen people go up the horseshoe to deliver a line, but that's that. But there's no. They're building dramatic tension for nothing. And also, I'm like, well, what the. You got fucking Leonard Nimoy here. What are you wasting time with the walking? Yeah. What if they cut a scene? How is it again? Pardex tried to show me. I am honored. At dinner parties? God. Where? Where? Where has he tried to show you? This? Will we see you and your wife tomorrow at the steak dinner? We're looking forward to it. I thought he said steak dinner. Oh. I was excited. Yeah. 
How do you think Romulans like their steak? Raw, probably? Also, <laughs> speak like a member of your underground. Tartar? I want you to know exactly where I stand. Which is why I like to walk around <laughs> and make you watch it. Believe that you can gain the support of your full Senate. Well, things are not what they once were in the Senate. The old leaders have lost the respect of the people. Involvement in the Klingon War, endless confrontations with the Federation, uh, they're tired of it. Times are changing, and leaders who refuse to change with them uh, will no longer be leaders. I gotta say, Norman Large here as preconsul Neural, uh, really uh, the least trustworthy looking person I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, they really telegraphed that this guy know, was gonna. The jawline, or yeah, if it's no. the lack of smile. And also, uh, you know, so many questions about Sila that will never be answered. Such a shame. Such a promising character. More than we could Although I, I was glad we were seeing her again. Yeah. I was excited about but that. also, like, you still want, like. Good performance by Denise Crosby. Uh, she's always good, you know? I don't know why she left the show. She I mean, I do know she why she left the show. Star. I, mean, I, thought, I know why she left the show. I mean, but I'm just saying, like, uh, I wish she didn't. I, I would have liked to have seen Tasha Yar through the years. On the contrary, I'm pursuing the most logical course. You're as skeptical as I am. Is it logical to ignore your own good sense? I fear the influence of Sarek has colored your attitudes, Captain, toward reunification and perhaps toward me. That is the second time you have accused me of speaking with another man's voice. It's true he will always be a part of me. His experience... Spirit. His ability for my dance. own voice, not his. Curious that I should hear him so clearly now that he is dead. It is possible that I have brought my argument with Sarek to you, Captain. If so, I apologize. Is it so important that you win one last argument with him? No, it is not. But it is true that I will miss the arguments. They were finally all that we had. I thought that was a great but line. you'll fight with Sally. I agree. And I think it says also says something about family. That at a certain point, it's just like, well, this is our bond. <laughs> Certainly, uh, you sound like you relate quite a bit to Spock. Yes. Interesting. Interesting. Luckily, I don't talk to my family enough, too. <laughs> you solved it enough. Well, I don't know. Haven't you, haven't you found your own Romulus to hide on in some ways? <laughs> yes. Um... <laughs> Vienna. Hi, Mom. She hears you, anyway. Hi, Mary. Aggressive encryption lock. I've been unable to penetrate their security measures. May I assist you, Commander? I have had some experience in these matters. By all means, Ambassador. This was sweet. I love the... Oh, yeah. Put them together. The connections have incorporated a 43-part cipher key into their entry sequence. Yes, sir. The 29th is the only one I cannot bypass. I'll take this opportunity to remove my ears. It intrigues me. This Picard. In what manner, sir? Remarkably analytical and dispassionate. For a human. I understand why my father chose to mind meld with him. Connor, I think I'm going to get that myself. To the man. Interesting. I had not considered that. And Captain Picard has been a role model in my quest to be more human. More human? Yes, Ambassador. Fascinating. 
You have an efficient intellect, superior physical skills, no emotional impediments. There are Vulcans who aspire all their lives to achieve what you've been given by design. You are half human. Yes. Yet you have chosen a Vulcan way of life. Half. In effect, you have abandoned what I have sought all my life. So great. I I have Such a great scene. No purpose plot-wise. Just put the characters together, together, write a smart scene. Yeah. Just exactly what you want to see. And so few, when they revisit old characters, so few properties, or when they give you the scene you've been waiting for, so few properties deliver. Just, this is all we want. Like smartly written character yeah, scenes where kinda, we see the you want to see the you want to see the Picard I mean not the Picard the Data Spock because those are the those are the fucking those are the those are the what are they what do you call that the central secondary characters no I'm looking for a different the, sort the of the logic the ciphers for each other ciphers yeah, yeah. Uh, no, the, um, the counterparts the, the counterparts or. They're, they're, they're essentially stand-ins for each other on the crew. You know what I mean? Right. Like, Data was... Data does all the things Spock would, used to do. And that's where it starts with them kind of deciphering the, yeah. the key. And, like, obviously Spock will have slightly different skills, but they both do the same thing. There's also... There's an element of... I kind of feel like with Civil War, th- this is the thing of, like, you've loved these characters for so long. How would these characters interact? And how would they... Mar- uh, the Captain America Civil War, that is. Not the actual Civil War. <laughs> um, that, that was uh, probably less uh, satisfying. Um, and uh, that's why it's so amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's like we've had five years of data. We've had more data on TV than Spock. So uh, to finally get these two together, I think it's a great opportunity. I'm glad they were able to do the scene. It was very smart to put Picard and Data out on this journey. Covering uh, Civil War this month on Patreon. FYI, I accidentally plugged it. Um, if you want to hear more of Andy accidentally plugging things, tune in. I don't know that he actually plugs anything. I don't. Hmm. Sorry. All right. Best for it. I laughed at this, okay? This one was better. Surely you must know at least one theme from Akfu and Melota. I may be a little rusty. All right, John, we got one scene for you. This is what you'll be doing. His look is so funny. So, so happy and proud. (laughs) (laughs) He almost crossed his eyes and joined. It's also pretty amazing how... It's a dreadful noise! It's pretty amazing how, how everybody hates the music in the bar. <laughs> oh, yeah. I also love how... Uh, <laughs> I love I love Worf's hail to uh, Riker. It sounds like a Bardakian pronghorn moose! You know what I want to hear! Yes, yes, I know. My favorite hail. Here it comes. <laughs> Scaring off the other... Go ahead. A fat Ferengi has just entered the establishment. <laughs> is that Maylor Famagal I hear? <laughs> it is. A fat Ferengi. 
<laughs> Why do you like that? It's just such a funny thing to hail. It's not like he says the guy we're looking for is here. He's like, uh, there's a fat Ferengi. It could be him. I don't know. I'm just the chief of security. <laughs> a fat Ferengi has entered the bar. Problem? Yes. I need more napkins. Use your sleeve. What did you say? Use one of their sleeves. I don't care. Who are you? I don't know why he backed down from the sleeve thing. Yeah. Uh, so he throws a fish on him and then gets information. Uh, what do you think? What do you think about this scene? Uh, Your right of passage through this sector will be revoked, and more than that, I will be very unhappy. I delivered it into a Barolian freighter. At what coordinates? I don't remember. Ow, watch it! You're striking my neck! Coordinates. Glorndon Corps, near the neutral zone. That's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy your dinner. Got him a napkin. I love it. Nice little touch to the end of that situation. Uh, So they're going to go track down this Vulcan ship, uh, the thieves of the Vulcan ship at Galornan Core. Do we skip over uh, we may not have gotten to it yet Uh, at some point I think Spock says something like if the Romulans had an ulterior motive it is in the best interest of all concerned that we find out what it is do we get to that scene yet I don't know so I will play the role they'd have me play is what he says I think it's when they go into the is that later yeah when they go back into the cave maybe Anyway, what about it, Andy? I just feel like I don't understand the logic of that. Like, oh. this whole thing is logic, and it's like, every time there's a trap, it's like, I'll walk into the trap, then we'll know what the trap is. Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. Well, I mean, how else are they going to suss it out? It seems like there would be other ways. If there's a bear trap, you don't go, I don't know where in the in these brushes the bear trap is, so I'm just going to jump around in those, bu- those bushes. Well, I mean, it's not like he could uh, send a long stick into the plan. I guess he's sacrificing himself in order to find out what it is, but it seems like... Which is also like what he said he was doing at the start of the thing. He's like, I don't want to risk anyone's life but my own. Right. But also, aren't you playing into their hands and then they're accomplishing whatever it is they want to accomplish? But they're also revealing themselves. Uh And their plan. And there seemed to be a timetable. Right. You know? Zero, zero. What does it mean? It means that the proconsul has apparently been attempting to deceive me, for what purpose I cannot say yet. But his conversations with me have obviously been part of a greater plan which involves the stolen Vulcan ship. How do you know that, Ambassador? The time the proconsul set for the subspace announcement of our peace initiative is 1400 hours tomorrow. 1400. Why would they need a Vulcan ship? That will become clear very shortly. I mean, really, the problem here is these people bursting they're like coming in it's like oh, just let them fucking don't don't throw the plan off by capturing the people that you need for the plan right just like wait it out the, 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 the Romulans are stupid <laughs> Captain Picard Romulans love drama that's my sense of Romulans. Yeah. They are the Greeks of the chorus. Uh, like uh, versus the the uh I guess they're also like very Roman in the sense that they love to party. And to oppress people. They like the nightlife. They like to boogie. <laughs> You've enjoyed your visit. 
this is the android I've come to respect in battle. Lieutenant Commander Data. How could they know of this location? Someone has betrayed us. Yes, you did. Spock. We've been friends for 80 years. It is the only logical conclusion. I like conclusion. how, like, by the way, there's no further denial once, once Spock lays it all out. He goes... <laughs> You asked me to come to Romulus, you arranged the meetings with the proconsul, and you knew that Picard and Data had returned to the surface with new information. The Great Spock. What's that last part? Very well. You knew they'd returned with new information. He was aware that they had beamed back down with new information. What is Pardek's plan? He was just in on it with Well, Sula. it seems like to me, is, and this is never said in the episode, but it seems like Pardek is uh, old. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, there's that line previously about him not having been invited to state dinners for a long time. Uh-huh. I think he's probably trying to f- make his family right and get set up for the rest of his life. Uh-huh. And so his family is taken care of. So he's doing this sort of thing to get back in the good graces of the Empire. He's abandoning everything that he's been working for his entire life? He's a Romulan. That is messed up. Like your service to the Romulan people is noted and appreciated. <laughs> nods. Jolan True, Spock. Yeah, sure. But I gotta go. They just put another story on my house. Do not be distressed. Your dream of reunification is not dead. It will simply take a different form. The Romulan conquest of Vulcan. Bring them. Mm, so, like, they, this this idea, like, of an invasion force is introduced 33 minutes into the show. So weird. I mean, I guess you don't... I don't know. Maybe there isn't as much story as I thought there was. But I feel like this the last act is... The last two acts are very rushed fair but i definitely feel like there's a lot of that like they take their time in the data spock scene i don't feel like the scenes themselves feel rushed certainly not rushed when that guy's crossing from behind his desk very true whoa that was a, quite a horn section high drama andy the horn first say. officer's law it's on the surface or anywhere else along the neutral zone sir a coded subspace signal from romulus it's the captain What? Maintain position at the Lorndon Corps. Diplomatic initiative appears to be succeeding. We'll advise. The message did employ the proper coded sequence. Yeah, I'm sure it did. Why wouldn't it employ the a fake coded sequence? They should have two coded sequences. I'm delivering this message under duress, and this is me. That's a really good point. But where would they? I assume they didn't give it up anyway. I assume they just had it, the Romulans. I mean, apparently. I Seems guess. Like they weren't. They weren't collaborating. I don't know. Or maybe Picard was like, I could always see Picard going like, he'll know it wasn't me. Go ahead. <laughs> Come in, gentlemen. Take a seat, please. Have some snacks. Cheese it. Weep it. <laughs> I like these cupcake candles that are on her desk, right? Is that that's that's what they are? There's no way around it. Those are those are Romulan cupcakes. <laughs> those are Romulan cupcake candles. <laughs> I mean, that's what they are. It has to be. They can't be anything but. Excuse me, I'm just finishing up a speech for you, Mr. Spock. I rather enjoy writing. I don't get to do it very often in this job. Perhaps you would be happier in another job. I love that. 
I kind of feel like that's... Well, it's one of two things, I feel like. I feel like it's definitely a choice out of emotion, because there's no logical reason for Data to say that. So it's either, uh, I just want to try to nudge Tasha's daughter in the right direction, away from being a dick. Oh, I think that's part of it. Too. Or do you think yeah. it's a little bit of like, all right, we got to tangle. I'm pissed off that you're doing this to my no, friends. No, I think it's the other He's thing. He's just trying to help I think he like, sees Tasha and is like, <laughs> yeah. oh, perhaps, perhaps not this. Maybe this isn't for you. Feel free to change any words that you wish. I've tried to make it sound, Vulcan, a lot of unnecessarily long words. In a few hours, you will deliver this statement alongside our central stance for the Romulans. It will yeah. announce the also when she uses a six-syllable word of unnecessarily. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Vulcan people that a peace envoy is on its way from Romulus. We will transmit it on all Federation subspace frequencies. Peace envoy, a stolen Vulcan ship. Actually, three Vulcan ships, Captain. The Enterprise is only aware of the one we stole from Quaylor Two. But here's our whole plan. The Lord Corps. It has forced us to make some minor changes. One of them, a message sent in your name, ordering them to stay where they are. The moment those Vulcan ships enter the neutral zone, the Enterprise will move to intercept. In that event, the Enterprise will be given more important matters to attend to. In the meantime, Ambassador Spock will be telling his people to welcome the Peace Envoy. And when they do, our forces will seize control before anyone realizes what has happened. It's going to be done. You seriously believe that the Federation will not immediately intervene? Of course it will. And we're fully prepared for it. But we will be there, entrenched. And it will be very difficult to get us out once we are. Reunification will become a fact of life. This seems like a terrible plan. Why? Well, because it's like you're sending three ships. Well, that's the part I don't understand. To a planet. Right. A and federation, said, a founding federation planet. And it's the, gonna Vul- have, aren't the Vulcans kind of badasses? They kind yeah. of lay them and out. And also, this- like, they're going to have, you know, not only will there be, I'm sure there's federation ships in orbit of Vulcan. It's one of the founding federation planets. Like, it's like... But even in de- that, I agree with. But even independent of that, like they're playing the Vulcans like they're these these mamby pacifists. pacifists. Yeah, yeah. nothing gets pacifists. <laughs> Good well, people, probably the right way against to them, except that you're mamby pambies. <laughs> what is the etymology of mamby pamby? Where does that come from? I don't know. It's a good question. It's got to be somehow horribly racist that we're still saying it as people. Oh, mamby pamby. I hope not. Get the paddy wagon. I apologize officially if it is. Um, but uh, whatever the case, I feel like the Vulcans are badasses. Uh, and they're playing them. And then, what is it, 2,000 troops? They get, yeah, it's like, like impossible. In the center of Vulcan? I feel like that's not going to really. I don't know cut it. I mean, they do have that warbird that decloaks, but the second that de- thing decloaks... It's well, like, maybe that's the thing. They're just gonna strafe the planet the and kick the shit out of it. And then but it's also down. like, you don't need a Trojan horse. You're the Romulans. You have a thousand cloaked ships you could roll up to a planet with. Well, I assume that there are all sorts of alerts and stuff so that by the time they got to Vulcan, then the Federation would already have you their... You can't get detect them. Returning... F- oh, good point. Like it's like you don't need these three Vulcan That's ships. Such a good point. Like, what are you trying to do? Why? Just fucking decloak seventy ships and level the city, and then go down and entrench yourselves. <laughs> you dumb dumbs. So true. <laughs> oh, that is a huge gaping hole. Very well. Cupcake. It's a candle. Computer holographic program. Spock one. It's also 
kind of funny in this scene. Of holographic sampling during the last few How days, mad she is that Spock doesn't agree to it. It's like, come on. You had to know the Vulcan wasn't going to agree to it. Well, that's why she made this hologram spot. Yeah, but she's pissed off. The neutral zone. It does two things. It tells, it says this speech and tells her she's doing a good job. <laughs> These ships carry the Sea-Lan, future. You are really exceptional at your job. People. You should find a way to be more creative, though. <laughs> Perhaps a writing job of sorts. Um... Is this this amazing? This technology isn't. We got they got fucking holodecks and they got r- fake people in holodecks. What about it? I don't know. It just seems like she's presenting this like, how about this? <laughs> I can fake an image of you talking again. Maybe they don't know <laughs> that there's a holodeck all over Enterprise, all over Federation starships. Secret. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sir, sensors are picking up three vessels crossing the neutral zone. Vulcan ships. Vulcan. What's the heading, Mr. Worf? 143, mark 012. That would put them on a course to Vulcan. They don't seem to be in any hurry. They're only moving at warp one, Commander. Worf, a signal bunch them on subspace, request their status. Jordy, see if you can tell if it's one of the ships that we've been looking for. They say they are escorting a peace envoy from Romulus to Vulcan. They request we monitor Federation subspace channels. Ambassador Spot will be making an announcement shortly. Perhaps his reunification talks were successful. Jordy? Mm, Maybe you could sense something. I don't know. Probably not. What do you think? What do you think? (laughs) Poor Troy. Oh, my goodness. Hit the button. Why is the button not working? Uh Uh-oh. SpaghettiOs. And it's uh, seized up real bad. Look at how handsome Michael Dorn looks without his makeup. Oh, in the uh, I was like, Andy's in full makeup. <laughs> like a little little box on the side. Uh, bad news, bad news, Andy. For the Toros, my computer has crashed. That was a bad news bears reference. Oh, um, shit, it really has. Reboot it. No, no. Oh, oh I got it up and running. Yeah. Thank God. Keep Most professional broadcasts would edit that moment, but not us. I was looking up Namby Pamby for Andy. Intercept, sir. Um, the captain's orders were to maintain the. I know the captain's orders, Lieutenant. Sorry. I read and them. Yeah. Classic wharf shutdown. Why do they leave them alone with access to the computers anyway? I mean, they probably just had it, like, set up so they could get order drinks or beverages from the replicator. <laughs> Seems so weird. <laughs> Namby-pamby is a term for affected, weak, or maudlin speech. Oh, and maudlin speech. Slash verse. It originates from the poem Namby-pamby by Henry Carey. Carey wrote... Namby or Namby? N-N-N, as in, n- as in Nostradamus. Oh, I may have been saying it wrong all these years. Well, I was saying Mamby, too. Uh, probably because I just heard you say it. Uh, Carey wrote his poem as a satire of Ambrose Phillips and published it in his poems on several occasions. Uh, the first publication of Namby Pamby addressed uh, AP, where AP implicated Ambrose Phillips. So, so nothing, it was just a nothing racist. It was a it was just a insult hurled at a. 17th century politician. <laughs> we got him. 
impossible. There's no way they could have gotten out of this room. That's far enough. I specifically asked that they only make tea. Stay right where you are. Drop your weapons. How did you get in here? Drop your weapons. What a weird detail that they had Jada have get Riker's hair wrong. Yeah. Well, I think that was supposed to be for the audience. That they knew to it's know wrong. that it wasn't them. I wonder why, though. Isn't it better if it's misdirection? You think possibly it is? Although you would assume that it wasn't. Yeah, but also, like, why is his hair different? A joke. Then happens. So, I don't think you got Commander Riker's hair quite right. Side note, how would Data have gotten his hair wrong? Exactly. Yeah. Servant in the future, sir. It doesn't matter what you do. It would be very funny if all three of those uh, Starfleet officers had wacky characters. <laughs> Crazy one and, like, we found out it was like just this weird like thing in Data's programming that he didn't see hair. His hair blindness. He never saw hair, so it was just always the wackiest fucking hairdo you can imagine. Spock's announcement will be. He doesn't know Picard is bald. Our forces will be on Vulcan before you can alert anyone. Um, you know, there's a thing that happens. Uh, Data has a route out. Uh, there's not a ton to actually play in this because it's all very. Uh, where is the? I do you know like what? the actual message. I think I like Sila more than I like Tasha, and I think it says something bad about me. You like that haircut? Oh, that could because just you be were that. into the Vulcan. Oh, that's woman. true. Yeah, you're into what a pe- weird you're into, haircut. You're into, you're into, you, you, love, like, uh, you love a pixie cut. That's not that weird. A it's a pixie cut. cut. All right, fair. You like manic pixie girls? Yep. I'm afraid we cannot allow you to warn your guards. I don't, I, but Tim, in my head, I like long flowing hair. But in reality, <laughs> in maybe reality, you know, I think who you knows? Should, you know, maybe you change your focal point, buddy. And <laughs> maybe that's uh, it. Maybe you take I can't a swing, find the right person. Take a swing this way, and then all of a sudden you'll be like, Matt, I found her. She's great. We're married. I'd be like, Mazel. <laughs> it's an actual <laughs> pixie. <laughs> oh no, Andy. Uh. I do like how it ends with the, uh... On screen. Romulan Warbird decloaking alongside the Vulcan ships. Red alert! Pew, 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 pew! Advise the Warbird to withdraw from Federation space and tell them to leave the Vulcan ships where they are. The Warbird is powering up his forward disruptor array. Ready, phaser. I do want to hear the actual speech. Mr. Worf, any other ships in the vicinity of Delysium 4? One, sir. A routine archaeological vessel. I'm sure it's not equipped to handle something of this scale, Will. Jordy, any oh, update? Oh, she ships? doesn't even have a close-up. I would fucking have loved to have been her that week. Uh, just one scene. Just boom. Walk in. That's what I don't know. Say a line in one bit of coverage. And these get are the, the things that me and Matt can't understand having to work uh, jobs where we're there like 14 hours a day. It's just like actors complaining they don't have stuff. It's just like, you got a huge check to work three hours. <laughs> Do you understand that... I'm here from first rehearsal to last shot. You're not in every scene. Every sensor display backwards and forwards. If the Romulans altered them, they didn't Only leave any made a go of it as an actor. I can't tie any of them to the surplus yard. Still the time. Vulcan ships have entered Federation space, maintaining low warp. So I know. New course to Dallasian four. Also. Beverly comes in and tells him about a distress call. Would she have gotten the distress call even if it was a medical distress call? Uh, I don't know how, how medical communiques work. Maybe it is. Maybe that's how that works. Maybe it's like uh, they have like a doctor Facebook group and everyone's in it. Uh-huh. Ooh, there's a medical distress oh, call on the Facebook I'm group. in that area. I'm going to go tell my captain. Comment, we're on our way. 
like BRB. Fuck a Vulcan. Crying By laughing. now, Federation sensors are tracking three is. Vulcan sensors. ships crossing the neutral zone. These ships carry a Romulan invasion force and must be stopped. I repeat, these ships carry a Romulan. Seems like it would have been funny if like Picard walked into the shot and said, "It's true, number one." I was wondering why Picard wasn't there. Well, because we're supposed to think that it's the success that they are putting forth. That's why the transmission starts exactly like the hologram does. Oh, we're supposed to be misled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see. But That's in- another dumb misdirection. Doctor, contact Elysian Four and confirm this distress call. I have a feeling it may prove to be a false alarm, Mister Worf. But if How Picard was in the shot, the... then he would, that would have even happened. He would have gone, oh, Picard's there, so. What do you mean? Maybe I'm misunderstanding what you're oh, saying. Oh, I'm saying it would have been funny. It would have been, I'm just, that was a joke. It was just like, it would have been funny for him to pop into the frame and go, This is the number actual one, please. Spock's message. That's though. actual Spock saying. So why don't you have Picard in so that Riker knows it's for real? Because the audience, it's an audience misdirect. That's all it is. But Logically, then you, But then you sense. follow this audience misdirect to have Riker going, like not being sure that that's a real message. And if Picard had been no, there. No, I think he's sure. Um, because he says to her, just go double check that and you'll be sure. Because, because he also has to deal with the fact that if there is that medical emergency, the Enterprise should go to it. But if Picard or at is least there, send the star then drive. you know it's all a lie. So I guess I'm just backtracking the logic. No, what I'm saying I is if Picard popped in, yes. they, he doesn't know that that medical that fake medical emergency is definitely part of the problem well the, he knew that sila had said that that there was something that was no, going to no, no, draw no. away the enterprise what i'm saying is riker doesn't know that right so just seeing picard doesn't also make riker go and i bet that medical emergency is false too captain is oh transmission ended <laughs> you know what i mean i see he's not going to see captain picard go oh that medical emergency is fake eh, fair all right Welcome ships. unless he minutes, had a son like Dory's cooking it. something tasty. She's a vegetarian. Buddy. Slow down. All right, then not going to be that tasty. Less interested. There we go. I made a smash burger last night. Terminated the transmitter. You made, you made one. Made mess- one at your home. At your home. In fairness, I made four. You made four at your home. Okay, how'd it come out? They were really good. Nicely done. It's the first time I really think I nailed it. If anybody's got suggestions for how to get the edges crispy or the best buns, are other you covering than it? You're covering it on the grill, right? Like the on the. You're, what are you using? A frying pan. Uh, I'm, I'm using a cast iron skillet. Great. Okay. Are you covering it? Uh, they well, I'm pressing it, and the professionals don't seem to indicate that covering it is a thing that is important for to a smash burger. Mm, interesting, because I would cover it on the grill with like a metal, uh, like a metal um, bowl. Yeah. Are you uh, saying because that? that'll cook it through quicker, and then you can pull it off and crank the heat? To but get are you the sure crispiness. you need to do that for a, sma- a smash burger? You're already pressing down so thin. I don't know that you need to. Mm, that's a good call. That's I think a good for call. a regular, that's thick a good burger, call, Andy. Yeah. yeah. Well, if you're out there, Mister Smash. <laughs> yes, please, <laughs> King Smash. Let us know. Well done, Mister Data. You'll never get out of this building. I disagree, Commander. After studying the design of this structure, which you also left us with access to. Yeah. What the f? <laughs> Also, I read your diary. You should find another line of work. <laughs> You'll be happier. All right. So they see the Vulcan ships. The I love, side note, I love the uh, data knowing the, the neck Vulcan pinch, neck yeah. pinch. Although you never see him, I assume, ever do it again. <laughs> There's no way. Because you would need to explain it in that episode. 
I don't know. I think he might. If he does, I love it. If he doesn't, it's like, that's a very useful skill for him to never be used again. Yeah. All right, Commander. On screen. Romulan Warbird decloaking alongside the Vulcan ships. Red alert. Advise the Warbird to withdraw from Federation space and tell them to leave the Vulcan ships where they are. The Warbird is powering up his Ford Disruptor Array. Can I fire Pew Pews? Yes. (laughs) Oh, man. That's what I was going to do. So couldn't they have just teleported everybody out? Troops on board those ships. Who knows? destroyed their own invasion force. Rather than let them be taken prisoner. Why she didn't uh, sense any of that pain or death or suffering? Interesting. Or that they were intending to destroy their own people. I mean, even fucking Obi-Wan Kenobi can sense that shit. <laughs> I'll be coming with you. Ambassador. The reason for my coming here has never been more clear. The union of the Vulcan and the Romulan people will not be achieved by politics or by diplomacy. But it will be achieved. The answer has been here before us all along. An inexorable evolution toward a Vulcan philosophy has already begun. Like the first Vulcans, these people are struggling toward a new enlightenment. And it may take decades or even centuries for them to reach it, but they will reach it. And I must help. I have learned that it is useless to argue with you once your mind is set. Not at all, Captain. I have found our arguments quite useful. Almost as useful as those I had with my father. Would it surprise you to learn that he found them equally valuable? Ironically, you may know Sarek better than his own son does. My father and I never chose to meld. Sort of an interesting thing. I offer you the chance to touch. Feels like it would be like a ceremony what he shared with me. Like bar mitzvahs, but then why didn't he do it? The melding of the father. No, I'm just saying. I'm just, I'm just putting on something into the Vulcan culture that isn't ever uh, existed. It just definitely feels seems like it, like would, be something it would be something that would be expected. That's good. You see that emotion right there? Yeah, that's some good acting. Very specific. But card is into it. Yeah, of course he is. <laughs> He's getting the relief that uh, Sarek never got. Yeah. Uh, Andy, that does it. Let me ask you this uh, before we get on to it. Also, is it like a little bit uncool? Like they chose to never mind meld and he is making the decision for Sarek. Well, also Sarek could have made that decision in that mind meld for Picard to uh, allow, like be like, if, if Spock should ever choose, please do it. That's a lot of retconning. But okay. I mean, look, I'm just working with what they gave me. Fair. All right. Well, it's the MVC. Yeah, the MVC. On the crew? He's not. It's gonna be. Will it be Data? Riker? I mean, he is an ambassador. Uh, um, 
Data does a lot. Yeah. Data does the most. He piggybacks that signal. Riker does... Or he Vulcan neck pinches someone. It's true. Riker does figure out the... A lot of stuff up on that ship, yeah. yeah. Sure, sure, sure. He gets the information he needs. He also, he, But ultimately, here's what I'll say. Ultimately, uh, his was a wild goose chase that led to nothing. Because those ships, once they were found out... Doesn't he ignore the the fake intel? Yeah, but then for what? What's the end game of yeah, that? It nothing. is nothing the because the Romans take care of it on their own. Yeah. So pointless, nothing. Yeah. Data. What about Picard and his handling of the situation diplomatically with Spock and whatnot? Uh, diplomatically in the sense that like there was no real diplomacy ever going on? Yeah, I guess they don't do anything. All right, Data it is. <laughs> you did it, Data. Congratulations. The Andes. Or some other method of ranking. We're working on it. Uh, Unification Part 2, part of a whole, uh, the, the second part. I mean, just sheer Spock value alone, I have to go ahead and just award this episode with an 8. Um, if Spock wasn't in this episode, it'd be a nice, solid 4. Well, out of curiosity, what are, your, what are the things you're holding it back from a higher number for that? Uh, shoe leather. Shoe Nothing leather. happening. And then a rush of information at the last two acts that is unnecessarily rushed, I thought. The scenes with Picard and Spock and the scenes with... Uh, Data and Spock. Data and Spock, just to me, are so wonderful. And and I like a lot of the Romulan stuff. It does feel like a lot of the rest of the story is not that satisfying. So I'm between an 8.5 and a 9. And I'm going to give it a 9 just because the Spock stuff is so great. So that was so satisfying that it got a 9, Andy. I love it. That is an average of 8.5 between us, ladies and gentlemen. Congratulations. You did it. You did it, folks. You listened to us. <laughs> uh, Andy, it's time to play the trailer for the next episode. Okay. Uh, which is actually an episode I really I, I enjoy. I don't want to color your your thoughts on what the episode might be. I appreciate or that. Or what you think it's, uh, or if you're going to like it or not. But you know, it's an I episode I've watched a lot. hate to have my thoughts uh, colored. Right. That's why I don't like spoilers. Although I am tempted to ask you a spoiler about whether we're going to see Sela again. I don't think we do. Uh, no, I don't think we do. That's a shame. So is that that's not really a spoiler, really. Eh. If you think about it, because uh, the answer is no. It's a matter of opinion. If it was a big surprise, if you saw her, then this would be a spoiler. Here we go. Trailer. That's a waste. I wonder why. A mysterious visitor from the future hey, has the key to a critical mission. There are 20 million lives down there. And you know what will happen to them. Will he help Picard save a dying planet? It sounds to me like you're trying to manipulate the future. Or watch a risky experiment trigger untold devastation. Everyone dies, Captain. Fire. It's just a question of when. Deadly Dilemma on Star Trek The Next Generation. That guy's really been in a lot of sci-fi. Really not a uh, great trailer, if you ask me. No? Do you think that's a good episode? I think that trailer was like so not I think the interesting parts of the episode are left out of that episode Interesting, uh, out of that trailer rather uh, Andy we have oh, before uh, we jump off of this entirely we, uh, we aren't jumping anywhere there was uh, Daniel Roebuck uh, appeared as a as an as a guy in there just chatting away as a Romulan and uh, I didn't uh, we did this and I knew him from we did last did, time because I, I said I knew him from the late shift and oh, you okay. said you knew him from what um, I know well, maybe him. you didn't have a thing yet oh well I found it which is uh, The River's Edge oh there you go alright that's worth a play of that no from something big oh you want me to play it now yeah 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 I do. <laughs> okay 
I laugh at that all the time. <laughs> Secundas claim the fame. I know him from something big. <laughs> uh, so I had a very uh, Secundian claim to fame. What was it? We were we were filming with Tim Matheson. Yeah. Ooh. And I was watching Tim Matheson, and I was like, "What is the fucking thing I've seen a thousand times that he's in that isn't Animal House?" And the answer, Andy Secunda, was a very Brady sequel. <laughs> I'm sorry I wasn't on set with him. I would have I would have had a million questions well, for him. It was Saturday. Yeah. You were on your own yeah, set. Fair enough. But Matt and I are in hell, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> we're working Saturdays. We're working till all hours. It's not a good time. Um, but I, my hours. I think you heard about this last week. People who listened to Excellent Adventure, but uh, I sent Andy my hours for this past week and. His response was, is that a.m. to p.m.? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, yep, except for the 12 to 12. That's p.m. to a.m. <laughs> um, cool. All right. So now, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for Andy and I to thank some very special people. And those very spe- special people are patrons of this podcast. They help us uh, ensure that we must record in order to thank them. And uh, without them... Quite frankly, I don't know that we would have gotten our shit together enough to record this episode. It's true. Uh, so it is time for us to head in to the president's circle and say a word of thanks. Okay, Andy. So let us now. You have to play the president's circle theme. I don't know why you're getting your hand away from that control panel. So tired of having my hand on this control panel. Well, I mean, it's uh, how else are the doors going to open unless someone around here is hitting the buttons that make the things happen? Uh, oopsie. <laughs> oopsie. Oh, boy. Here we go, Andy. Let's just head on back in. Guys, we are here. It's part of your uh, our agreement with you. You, President Circle members, you're getting a shout-out on the podcast by Andy and I every single month. If you want to be a part of it, head over to Star Trek TNC at Gmail. No, don't do that. You can email us there, though. Uh, head over to patreon.com forward slash Star Trek TNC. Follow up to that. Everyone, look forward. The Captain America Civil War episode has been recorded. It's going to be posted by the time you guys hear this, which will be tonight, it'll go up probably this coming week. We recorded it already. Lieutenants, your Discovery episode is coming. President Circle members, of course, get both brand new content from us every month. Thanks for supporting us. And uh, here's our thank you to you. Lynn Perdue, Anders Peterson, Jeff Gannon, Amber Schmidt, Sir Reginald Pennybottom, a thank you. Jet Jurgens, Derek Atkinson, Amanda Goodwin, Luke Barrett, Lieutenant Kellen Adm- Adamson, Lieutenant Tom, Lieutenant Jeremy Miller, thank you so much. Oh, here he is, a, v- a Medal of Valor a winner, Anthony Trepiccione. Hey! Thank you so much. Sully and Cash, Tim Sheen. Hang on. Schneeman. Schneeman. 
uh, Rutger Hauer. I can't believe he was so thoughtful to <laughs> come be a support, member. Rutger. Jeff the Human and Maximus the Dog, Joe Sullivan, Matthew Weipert, Connor Shapiro. Jeff Jenkins, Joseph Moran. Miriam Centeno, Cameron Harris, Lieutenant Sean, Lieutenant Ted Martin. Oh, there's Tina Raudio, Sandra M. Kaija, Amy Giles, Joyce Hudson, and Daniel Perez. Thank you. Lieutenant Rob Baptiste, Lieutenant Kelly Coe, thank you. Jonathan Wentz, Gary Martinez, Mark Mitchell, Lieutenant Commander Josh Bald, making sure he gets his full title. Love it. Raymond, first name only. Everybody loves him. David Marquez, Brian Rehwinkle, Alan L., Cody Stanley, Marie Capasso, and Ben Badenock. Thanks so much. Lieutenant Brett Parsons, Tucker Powers, Andrew Polkrang, Turkleton, Marcus Erlinson, Grand Admiral. Oh, no. Madoween. He's gotten around at Madoween. He's a Grand Admiral now. <laughs> Sean Nass, Chris Casimiro, Casimiro, Joel Cude, Linnea Thunsel, Hubert Uridia, and the Kembles, thank you. Nate Hudson, also thank you. The Blast from Our Past podcast, thank you. The infamous pirate, Captain Andrew Hook, thank you. Dan Stucco. Stucco? Uh, Jerry Canavan. Jerry Canavan. Lieutenant Andrew Ingram. Lieutenant Paul. Lieutenant Commander there Paul Brisk. Uh, Elena. Thank Can- you so much. Oh, Karen Vanhoff, Hooten Waddle, Will Holesclaw, Paul Carly, uh, Jillian Randles, John Lynn, Joe Fermanek, Neil Studd, and M.M. Malik. Thanks so much. Linda Dilbeck, Brian Stokes, Frederick Rombouts, Martin Hedegaard, Peterson, Nicholas Payne, and Lieutenant Cal Afitsky. Uh, Vanilla Thunder, Ian Buckley, Amanda Boudwell, Brock Kloster, uh, or Kloster, Nick Cosmo Moore, Ben McCarthy, Dan McLeod, Marcello Vita. Thank you. Keith, how would you say it? Uh, Budela. Uh, Katie Campbell, Dr. Boner Wizard, Dr. <laughs> Good to have you aboard you're, watching you're, over sick bay. Ch- <laughs> Our chief <laughs> medical officer, Dr. Boner Wizard. <laughs> Tyler Rosewood, Andrew Prime, Ann Gibson, Cameron DeHoog. Uh, Eric Vanover, Tim Shields, Jessica McAnally, uh, Mc- sorry, Jessica McAnally Linz, Jeff Millies, Elizabeth Simpson, Derek Hawkins, and Christina Peck. Thank you. Eric Griffiths, Brian McDonald, uh, Chris, Chris. McDQ. There we go. DQ, but fancy. Well, that's how we, that's great. Um, Nicholas Frost, Command Master Chief Robert Garrison, Julie Phillips, Matt Schaefer, Alexis Bouzier, Sean Russell, Kim Vilsack, Doc Pate, Daniel Stenrod, Stenrod, uh, Kevin of Nine, Michael Howe, CD, Jesse Tuchinski, hey, Jesse. Um, Robert Olson. Mike Gaylord, Joshua Kinney, Troy Ray, Thomas Nettleton, Eric B., Merrick Boosfield, Adam Rogers, Ben E. Hill, Stephen Cotter, Catherine. Catherine. Thank you. Kip Corbett, Brandon Davis, Lieutenant Junior Grade, Andrew Redshirt. I love that he demoted himself. <laughs> Kendra, uh, Kendra Song, Nate Richmond, Brian Tier, Mr. Bundy. Doug Atkinson, Chris Love, Derek Westover, John Turin, Kamal Abul Husson. Matthew Dillon, Frederick Roy. Roa. Roa, my apologies. Lieutenant Nicholas Jones, Lieutenant Diane M. Martin, Lieutenant Eric N. Aaron, Aaron N. N. I apologize. On. Matt Magnus, Preston Foster, Andrew Barber, Nathan Haney, Matthew Cutler, Stuart Allen, J.D. Cohen, Alex D. Gesslin, and Jennifer Leader. Thank you so much. Catface, Risa Kochuk, a werewolf with a Chinese menu in his hand. Chris Dybul. 
Tony King, By Ross way, McLeod. Feel free, everyone out there, to uh, write whatever the hell you want in there. We'll read it. Uh, Heather Nelson. I, I skipped uh, Rob Sabin, Jesse Elliott, Chris Allen, and DeWanda Reckons. Uh, Greenberg, Bernard Greenberg, Bond Styles. Dan Costellic, Janella Jerome Robbins, Lieutenant Lissy D, Lieutenant Emily Eldred, Jesse Glasby, Lieutenant Fred Coppersmith, Lieutenant Josh Jush Monroe, who we heard from today, Lieutenant uh, Stevie Murray Nickel. Uh, ben Roach, Mike Jones, Dime, or Dim, depending on how you'd like to pronounce it. I'm going to go Dime. Paul Sharp, Kristen Scalisi, the Goddess of Carbs, Gareth Case, Jonathan Sourshell, Beth Harrington, NCC1701. Brent Allard, the Enterprise dude is a never. member of the President's Circle. It's amazing. Someone named Dude Never. Dude Never. Tim Collins, Carolyn Land, Lieutenant Claire Powells, Lieutenant Skip, Lieutenant Luke Morgan Rowe, Lieutenant Christopher P. Gill, uh, Vincent Neri, Adrian Carter, Daryl, the Animal Noy, Christopher Fanaghi, Chuck Day, Never Eat Replicated Snow, Yellow Snow, Damn it, ah, I fucked it up. <laughs> Doug Mai, Brandon Callinger, Lieutenant Kyle Thompson, Lieutenant Catherine Novacek, Matthew Tiberius Burns, Adam Zani, Stephen Herman, Jason Sinclair, Jack Cavici. Uh, Kelly Newman, Rachel, Dylan Snyder, Matthew L. Went, Christopher Colbert or Colbert, Ron LeBlanc, Anthony Rideout, and Dan Billing. Thank you very much. Thank you to Dan- Andrew Gibson. Thank you to Peter Shern. Thank you to C.C. Sadler, Lieutenant Tom Kelsell, Lieutenant Catherine Shimmins, Robin Larson, Rebecca Shavita, Professor X, Brett Euler, Joe Moore, Darren Dishong. Whoa, I skipped down. Where are we? Darren what Dishong, happened? Angel Rivera the third i feel like every time i get to angel river the third i feel like has been on the closing or beginning end of many a list yeah. for us uh and and angel river the third you must be uh, a special person. such a regal name uh mark pomprowitz andrew, andrew witzel oh sorry sorry cave art on facebook and uh, instagram allison lampley ryan solo barry wallace chris leopold lieutenant mike commander Mann, lieutenant mike commander Mann. mike man mindy fitz Shriekenar. Brian Hellman, Richard Davis, Chris Nedgewitz, James Baker, William Temin, Jesse Hendricks, Lieutenant Brett Garrett, Jarrett. Uh, Ryan Sistak, Tom T. Rikerson, Tom Casey, Eric Bond, Stephen Small, Stephen Price, Jan Leppert, Timothy Cullen, and Cody Wappenkamp. Lieutenant Tony Lynn, Lieutenant Glenn Wakeley, Lieutenant Sky Wilson, Tim Siebel, Colin McKeon. I've always said Siebel. I know that's why he's written it. Tim Siebel. Thank you we so did much. It. Uh, Robert Denton, and, uh, you said uh, Kate Lee M? Possibly, but well, we're saying it again. Now we're saying it again. And then, of course, we have to say, stop, wait, hold on a second. I think I just sharted. It's interesting that that one should be last. I love that it's last. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. Uh, so Head on over there. There's plenty of content. Uh, you join now, you'll be ha- you'll have access to all those previous posts. So you can catch up on the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Iron Man through Captain America: Civil War. It's all there. First ten episodes of uh, Discovery, a bunch of episodes of uh, The Orville. Uh, it's a lot of content. If you're missing us, get it over there, Andy. I believe it is time for us to beam into space and have a man tell everyone how to contact us. I look forward to it. Am I correct? That is what's happening. That correct? is what is happening. Uh, here we go. Follow Star Trek The Next Conversation on social media. 
You can find them on Instagram and Twitter at Star Trek TNC. On Facebook, search for Star Trek TNC and join the face group. Send comments, questions, prime correctives, and anything else to sttncpod at gmail.com. And if you'd like to leave a voice hail, call 816-TREK-TNC. That's 816-873-5862. For callers outside of the United States, use country code PLUS1. And don't worry, no one answers the phone. It's only for messages. If you've got something to mail to Matt or Andy, send it to Andrew Secunda, P.O. Box 46898, Los Angeles, California, 90046. And please send an email to let them know that something is coming. Finally, to support the podcast and get even more content, visit patreon.com forward slash Star Trek TNC. Be a lieutenant for only $5 per month or join the President Circle for $17.01 per month. 